0: Welcome to the Access VFX podcast, pursuing inclusion, diversity, awareness and opportunity in VFX, animation and games industries.
1: Hi, I'm Simon Devereaux, founder and director of Access VFX, bringing the visual effects, animation and games industry together, working towards a shared goal to make our industry more diverse and inclusive by taking action rather than just talking about it. Okay, welcome to this special episode of the Access VFX podcast, where we continue our return to the founding values of Access VFX creating a safe space for important conversations that we hope will open up a wider dialogue within our, you know, wider visual effect animation and games industries. Um, On this episode, we're discussing mental health. I wanted to have a quick conversation about the work that Access VFX does on education and outreach, because we do go all over the country celebrating and raising awareness of the exciting career paths within access vfx and games and we also have a responsibility to prepare future talent for what isn't just an incredible range of crafts and disciplines but is also a client-facing industry that comes with often long hours occasional weekend work is that fair to Mm -hmm. say Um, pretty tough deadlines you know demanding directors demanding clients whether you're in tv um, commercials or film and often unreasonable demands, which will take its toll potentially on on your mental health, your stress levels, even your work life balance. So that's why we're here. Um, I'm here with four guests from industry. And before I start, I probably I probably should throw in a disclaimer um, that we're not here to criticise any studios we represent here. This is a conversation that's bigger than that. I hope that's fair to say to everyone around the table. Uh, and hopefully the com- this conversation is in place so that our listeners either work in industry or otherwise can perhaps take some preventative measures. So it should be a positive conversation um, and definitely we're not studio bashing.
2: <laughs> um,
1: so I'll let our guests introduce themselves first. So should we start to my, my right?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm Harriet H. Partington and I'm a talent acquisition partner at DNIG.
2: Cool.
3: I'm Jason Edwards. I'm a lead moderator at Framestore.
2: I'm Isabel Stenhouse, production manager at The Line Animation.
4: And I'm Andrew Braxton, and I'm the head
1: of strategic projects at Scape Studios. So you have the longest job title, Andy, and the most <laughs> pointless one. <laughs> uh, so my first question is a nice, easy one. We, we we assembled um, you guys pretty quickly to, uh, to record this podcast, particularly on the back of our recent um, series of podcasts that, that are around us returning to our founding values and supporting our people and, and, and getting information out there. So why did you guys immediately volunteer your time to join this particular episode? And this is an open question for anybody who wants to kick things off.
0: I think I, I volunteered because it's something that's quite personal to me. Yeah. Um, I've struggled with mental health. I'm struggling with mental health. And I wanted to come and voice that and help people realise that it's, it's okay, it's fine to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something that people should be embarrassed about. Okay. Thanks, Harriet. What
3: about you, Jason? Um, yeah, the same as Harriet really. Um, I mean, on the bigger level for me is to help other people and raise the awareness of uh, what's going on out there and people aren't just walking around with a smiley face. Yeah. You know, there is something underlying going on. So, you okay. Know, it can be for some people anyway. So. Cool, thanks Jason.
2: Yeah, so I I was um, uh, a line producer and um, animation supervisor with a a really large team of people. Um, Many of them young people had just come into the industry and um, it was the first time that I'd really started to (coughs) become aware of how many people were struggling in the industry with mental health issues. And my own background is as a design engineer actually at Ford, um, where people strategy was very much to the fore. And so I just really started to understand how little input there was into people's strategy, um, particularly perhaps in the 2D animation industry, which is where I'm normally working. Okay. So I, I really started to raise my awareness on that, and since then I've been, I've been giving talks. So yeah. Thank you,
4: Isabel. Andy? Uh, yes, yeah, same as Harriet. Um, <clears throat> something that I can uh, have got some experience of, and I think it's important for uh, people to... Um, to just kind of um, come to the forefront it's difficult to you know I feel I was very nervous coming today mm. actually and you guys know me and I'm quite jokey and stuff like that There's, I was very nervous about coming to do this. Mm. There's a huge amount of stigma I think attached yeah. to this yeah and now this will go out publicly and people will know things yeah and I think that you know um, that's quite nerve-wracking actually. Yeah. So, but I think people need to do it, and it's great. And I feel obviously very safe with you guys. Yeah. And comfortable. So, it's um, it's it's about just um, being a face that people can say, oh, you know, mm. that guy's. Uh, <laughs> I, I, no, I going through it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a,
3: Part of the family. Mm, some Yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> and there's lots of people out there, isn't it? Let's face it
1: lots and lots and lots of people. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I imagine uh, from what you guys have already said that there's a, a lot of people out there suffering in silence and, yeah. uh, mm. um, and that a lot of you, not a lot of you, um, <laughs> you've all raised awareness, you've all talked about awareness raising, it's important mm. to have the discussion. So on that point, um, and I don't necessarily want this to become a biographical account of your, mm. I- your individual experiences, but how easy was it for you to speak up about what you were going through individually back in the day?
3: It took me a while. Um, I think it's been going on longer than I actually anticipated mm-hmm. um, um, without getting too deep in about it, um, it it did take me certain things that was going on in my life uh, to sort of sit back and sort of wake up one morning and say hey you need to do something about this yeah. um, because it's not just you who's suffering it's people around you as well that are yeah. trying to look after you um, and you have to be you, know, you can't be selfish all the time, it's not always about you, mm-hmm. um, but it just depends on the level that you're suffering as well, yeah. I think, in or, in order to, it's really difficult to explain, uh, you know, cause I still suffer with depression, you know, yeah. um, I've just come through a quite a dark week, mm-hmm. um, but I've woken up this week, if you will, and I'm, I feel a lot better, yeah, but yeah. It, it's really difficult to explain, but you have to be aware that you've got it, and you have to say to yourself I need to do something about this because you can it only people can only say you need to see somebody people say you know yeah. those things you know go and see someone go and see someone but you have to need and want to do it Yeah. you know yourself um, and then make that step and then go and talk to somebody about it or talk to close friends or, or somebody but not everybody understands so I would advise people to go and see someone in the know yeah the, you know, a doctor you know or whatever helps you the best. I hope I'm being clear about yeah, it. It's, it's very difficult for me to explain because. You, you talked know. about the ripple effects on others. I mean, it's yeah, it does, talking yeah. about.
1: I, I imagine it's not just talking to you know, medical professionals and doctors. I mean, you talked about the ripple effect on those around you. I mean, yeah, it does. Surely you need a support network of people that know what you're going through. Yeah, I mean, as it as had,
3: as a, had an immense effect on my wife, mm-hmm. you know, and also my daughter. My daughter uh, suffers with anxiety, you know, on a, on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, so, you know. Yeah, you, you do have to be aware of what's going on around you and how, you know, the implications on other people as well. So it, it's not just about you, although you're the one that's going through it, it is about the other people as well around you that are trying to help you and and stuff. Because you can get into a place where you push people away, mm. you know, and the people that care about you and, and stuff like that. So, yeah.
1: So Isabel, you mentioned um, that, Uh, more and more people came came out when when you raised awareness of your own experiences when
2: when i started to discuss that i was was learning about that um as a manager i found it extremely difficult to um manage people and you know given the schedules and budgets and all of that and i I had a a, a team of approximately 100 people at that point Mm. and um you know, taking that on board as a manager and, and thinking, well, what are we, what are we doing about it and what can I do to care for myself? Um, and so I, I really started to think about, um, are the people who are at the top of the companies um, learning about mental health? Are they aware? Um, if, you know, if they're not, what can we do about that? How can we raise that awareness? Um, because immediately when someone... Um, comes forward and says that they're learning about it then people will feel more comfortable to speak up and then we can learn from them (laughs) and we're we're all learning from each other Um, so that's um, so basically starting to speak about it has definitely um, brought people towards me um, to to let me know about things that they've been going through and then I've been talking to the heads of company as a result of that um, to discuss things that we can do Um, to to put in place in the workplace the the sort of things that might um, support what's happening for people outside of work but also look at the workplace itself and what we can do within the workplace to to improve the environment
1: and this isn't the first time you've spoken up about this Isabel. because I know you um, kindly gave up your time during Access VFX's Mm -hmm. launch and ran um, Mm -hmm. it was a very long title but I think it was (laughs) I, I love what we do but not how we do it
2: I, I love what we do not the way not we the do way it not the way we do it I yeah.
1: was close, but, um, yeah. but yeah did you get any uh, kind of follow up from that because you know that was a, a sellout audience yeah
2: I, so I, since then I've given the talk at Blue BlueZoon Framestore DNEG The Line um, Blinkink um, and mainly what happens after that is that um, individuals contact me and they tell me what they're going through or others are going through and they ask for some advice um, and then at times people uh, the managers follow up, and I've been in a couple of meetings with the line, for example, where we've literally sat down with the list of strategies that I've, you know, put into that talk now, and, and said, right, which ones um, can we look at? You know, some of them cost lots of money, some of them don't cost much money at all. Yeah. For example, um, putting someone on mental health first aid training yeah. mm. doesn't cost a lot of money. Mm. Um, putting leaders uh, through interpersonal skills training with things like, for example, conflict resolution. Mm. Um, that's the sort of thing that I'm trying to bring to the table. It might um, mm. it might cost a little bit of money, but just think of what you'll, you'll gain. It's only a, it's a small you know, outlet.
4: Can I um, say something yeah. on that note actually? Because uh, I've just secured some funding from Screen Skills to deliver some mental health first aid training. It will be through a third party. And it's mainly I wanted to do it mainly for uh, internally for escape students, uh, sorry, staff that that have um, a student-facing role. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, I need to also, I want to <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> extend <laughs> extend it to the industry as well. Uh, so we've mm-hmm. got a number of very heavily subsidised places for Word. mental health first aid training, which I want to offer to the Access VFX members. Great. About seventy. I think, seven, I do think do we've of. got about sixty spots, mm-hmm. so that could be a nice, um, a nice thing to raise the awareness Excellent. and help with the treatment.
2: Excellent.
1: Thank you, Andy. Um, so, still on the same subject around um, how easy you found it to speak up, Harriet. Um, from your experience, what support do you feel you got when you?
0: I was really lucky with work. Um, because I, I, mine's fairly recent it's only in the last couple of years and I was really I felt really comfortable with the team that I was working with with my manager and all the people around me so at work and actually that became kind of my support network I wanted to be at work I didn't want to be at home on my own okay. um, so you know they were like go home and I was like no mm-hmm. um, but I think outside of work it's actually been a lot harder for me okay. um, you know talking to my friends and family about it um, I, th- I found, you know, it starting to get boring, and people didn't want to listen to me whinging on again and again and again, but that's not the case, and all it takes is for you to say, oh, this is why I haven't been talking about it, for them to be like, what, what are you doing? Um, talk about it, you know, we're here, we're more than happy to listen, and you know, it's just, I think it's, it's also, as um, Jason was saying, it's, you wanting to do something for yourself there are times where I just can't be bothered Mm, Um, and then there are other ones where I'm like you know what this sucks but I'm going to do something about it um and it's 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 very individual um but I think again just raising that awareness and it's it's okay to talk about and there are people that are going to be there for you they may not you know, it's about this sort of training and stuff. It's not everybody knows how to deal with it. But as long as they know to maybe be a bit careful with you and just think about how you're maybe feeling, then that's the step in the right direction. Okay.
1: So for the, uh, the uneducated, you know, what is the difference between suffering from a genuine mental health condition or, and forgive this comment, but, something yeah, being stressed out at work or having a bad day you, mm. know, do you know do you know what I'm saying like there's gonna be a lot of people listening to this will be going well you know I've had a bad day I'm tired you know I've, I've annoyed my wife um <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know what's um what is the difference what could you can about? I say something about actually
4: because um I just wanted to make the point as well that we're having this conversation now about mental health you know it's such yeah. a hugely broad spectrum of um different uh, things Imagine if we were having this discussion about physical health, mm. you know, sort of like Harry could be sitting there with a broken arm. Uh, someone else could have uh, cancer. Someone could have um, something wrong with their eyes, you know, and you you wouldn't give physical health the sort of broad strokes mm. kind of treatment. Not, not you, but one wouldn't give it the broad strokes treatment that mental health gets quite a lot. And I think that's one of the most important things, are common things obviously like anxiety depression mm-hmm. and they're getting a lot worse in society probably because of the stresses and strains of work and living so and, and and it's very difficult to separate lots of you know cause and effect so there's certain things that are environmental and then there's certain things I guess which are more um, perhaps biological or but you know I'm not a doctor I can only speak yeah. about my own experience so but I think that's a that's the very important to understand that um, mental health is an extremely broad subject and it's it's dangerous to make um, uh, generalizations so yeah. not that anyone is here obviously but Absolutely. you know everyone can have a bad day and I I know the difference now between having a bad day or even a bad couple of days or even a bad couple of weeks actually or even a bad month you know I know the difference between that and feeling extremely bad and um and that not going away um so I think there's probably something to do with the length there's the, there's Mm. the length the period of time but also the severity of the of the um of the feelings as well and the actions that one might then take to try to either avoid those uh, very difficult um, feelings
3: which can in, in turn be extremely dangerous so um, yeah I think the difference as well is you know, is when people are stressed at work nine times out of ten they'll have a cup of tea or a fag mm. Mm. that's the difference yeah. and then they go oh, I feel much better and then they carry on mm. whereas I suppose you could say guys like us it's not a case of having a cup of tea there there you'll be fine yeah. it isn't it, you, you sit there in this like cloud yeah. that doesn't shift until it shifts yeah you know you can have medications or people can talk to you or whatever but until that goes you're stuck
0: Mm.
3: you know and you you do try your best to be positive or you you might think i might just you know find something fluffy to look at or you know some some cats online or something but um there is a big difference it is the the length of time that it hangs around, you know. Yeah. Someone like say you can be stressed at work, a cup of tea will fix it, but this isn't a fix, this isn't a quick fix, yeah. you mm-hmm. know. It doesn't work that way, it just doesn't work. And then that's when you know, coming to the point of realizing that, you know, like you're saying, is that coming to the point of discovering that, okay, there's something wrong with me, then go, and then sort of make those decisions to go and get help if it's yeah. still there, if it's still there, so if it's still right. there, yeah. yeah, you know.
4: But, you know, that can be it can be a trigger as well, can't it? A sort of uh, stressful job or something bad happening work-wise, relationship-wise, domestically, housing, all those things can then, which are all environmental to a certain extent, can then tip over into a long-term bout of a depression mm-hmm. as well. And um, it's really complex, isn't it? So what I was going to say, in a way, um, even if it's just... Um, Something quite short-term. You could probably argue that's still a mental health problem at the time, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and so that should be helped as well. You know, it's all. I think it's just about being compassionate, understanding, and open um, yeah. to anyone, regardless of how long they've had it or not, and then trying
1: to yeah. to manage that if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I, mean, you know? I was going kind of, to. There's a question coming, kind of, <laughs> but more of a, more of a comment and a quote, but. Um, What I hear a lot of is, a lot of, I can't string a sentence together, forgive me if everyone on the table and any listeners are are checking in, but it tends to be something that you address when a time has passed and it's almost, you've passed a point of no return. I mean, there's this great Ernest Hemingway quote where he was asked, how did you go bankrupt? And he said, gradually, then suddenly. (laughs) And it feels like there's just this series of, you know, bad days, cup of tea moments um, that don't get addressed and it only gets raised with, your manager or the business or your your medical health insurance company when you you've got the sick note and you're off work and you are to want of a better expression kind of debilitated or you know it's i mean but but i imagine and again this is me speaking as somebody who's quite uneducated in this space because god knows why i'm chairing the the conversation but um uh you know i imagine there'd be some anxiety about raising it in those early stages so how how do you take preventative measures from it happening and that's Something I'm sure our listeners would want to hear about. Can I say one thing
4: again? Sorry. <laughs> I, 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 so that question: How do you take preventative measures? That's a bit like saying again: How do you not get lung cancer? How do you not go blind? Yeah. How do you not break your leg? And the, the, the answers to all those are different, aren't they? Yeah. So, it's I, different for we it's different Ooh. for everybody. And yeah, some people definitely. have got much. Some people have got extremely severe. Um, condition like you know paranoid schizophrenia is something different obviously to depression yeah. or anxiety and the treatment is going to be different and so is the the
0: triggers.
4: Yeah.
2: yeah I think one of the things that I would want to bring up is the amount of resources that you can turn to uh, on websites like mind um, where they will um, have packs for you know workplace um, well-being and raising mental health issues so it's not about um, knowing when something's going to come up or are you trying to prevent it yourself but um, one thing that they offer is um, it's like a it's a mental health questionnaire for want of a better word that when you arrive um, you know that the company is already aware, caring and thinking about mental health and they offer you the opportunity to complete uh, a questionnaire so that you are able to raise um, things that may be a particular issue for you, if you wish. And and that's already setting in place some kind of communicative measure. Um,
4: Do you think that people are trustworthy enough to reveal the mental health problems to a new employer. Uh,
2: I think it's if an similar. yeah, I think it depends on. Uh, I think that if an employer um, comes forward and lets you know that that's something that they're aware of in the workplace, I think first of all people would be extremely surprised, <laughs> and, and uh, secondly I think that there are more and more people who are speaking up especially at, because I, I'm going out to universities and talking about mental health there are more and more young people who are talking about it yeah. so maybe um, it, it wouldn't have been um, people wouldn't have wanted to speak up so much in the past but I think now more people will yeah honestly that given the number of people that have spoken up to me uh, yes I, I think that they actually would and that's things like it could be, for example, that um, people are really triggered; uh, they get really anxious in a very noisy environment. And, and would it be possible to try and sit them somewhere mm. that was a little bit more quiet? You know, there's all sorts of things, but that's just one example of something that you could do practically in the beginning. Yeah.
0: And it also doesn't mean if you're sharing that information that everybody you're working with is going to know that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a confidential bit of information between yourself and HR, whoever is conducting the questionnaire and there are people in businesses that if they do know they will they will help you but that's the first step is if, if you're sitting and keeping quiet and struggling well no one knows so they're not able to help you so it's I think you know as long as it's that you've got that trust and the confidentiality then people should feel comfortable going to the right people around them
3: yeah definitely um, I mean I had, a, I had a small situation where I, I couldn't Set foot into dailies to view the work. I just couldn't do it. I'd get there in the morning, I just couldn't sit and face all those people in the room. And I, I missed so many. And in the end, one of the producers she turned around to me on an email and said, What's going on? Are you on your own schedule or something? And I said, Well, actually, between you and I, I've got depression. And mm. some days I just can't do this. And then she was like, Oh, geez. And so. I think there has to be an awareness in amongst the hierarchy, if you will, that this person has this, this person can't do this today because they, you know, they just can't, they're not in that frame of mind to, and it, and it, it hasn't, it does still have an effect on me now, you know, but I still sort of push to, you know, go and view my work on a daily basis, but it does get very difficult, you know, um, but I did approach my manager, um, and you know, Framestore have been absolutely fantastic in looking after me, and you know, making sure the workload has been not not too little, but not too much, and not too stressful, and and everything else. And it, and it, yeah, you, you have to raise that awareness so the people around you can deal with the situation for you know those particular people. Yeah.
1: And there's great support out there, but how visible is that support? So, I mean, what's that? What I mean, I mean, we all know. It, I mean, get it's getting there. The spirally. support is
4: a not. It's a, in in the industry yeah, in in our respective
1: it. studios and. Uh, yeah, yeah. Studios <clears throat> I experience.
4: was thinking in a wider sense. I mean, please. It's dreadful to sure. to access mental health. Uh, I think Mind is very good actually. It's an yeah. organis- I think it's a great organization. It's a great place to start when if you're in a acute state of crisis very good place to go and they can help they can often help quite quickly the nhs is sadly completely overloaded yeah and even if you do get a diagnosis and and there's and that's another subject the whole thing about diagnosis i think is really um important to understand in terms of like you know people can i think it's important not to become your diagnosis if that makes sense you know you're still a person um but anyway, going back to the thing about access and treatment, I think that's a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there are things internally within studios, and um, you have to make your own support networks, I suppose is the point, and do whatever you can, but make sure that you talk to the right people. Like Harriet was talking before about that. You know, um, sometimes you could speak to friends and family. Um, and you're desperately looking for someone to help you, but they're not equipped quite often. And that makes them feel even worse, and it makes you feel even worse, and even more lost and alone. It's a dreadful situation. Yeah. And so it's really important to try to find someone that does know the steps to take. Because it's not just about someone saying, oh, that, that being sympathetic, you know? People are sympathetic. You need someone that can take action, and somebody that can put you onto the right track to get some treatment, whatever that happens to be, yeah. um, that's really, really important. So, um, and that's
2: what um, mental health first aid is yes, really
4: all about. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and hopefully, so if we, you know, if we can, if we can do stuff internally for for us and our students, then uh, and then offer, you know, and and if people in the industry become more aware of that. I mean, every studio, every company in the country has a first aider, don't they? You mm. know, mm. if somebody cuts themselves or hurts themselves physically.
1: Yeah, yeah. one for each floor here. They do here, yeah. Again, comes back to your point on physical health over, over mental health, because a lot of the bigger studios have private medical insurance, mm. right? Yeah, <laughs> and imagine and if you
4: could... I mean, I, I was at, I, um, at Escape and through Pearson, because we're part of the wider Pearson we have um, some good support networks and there is access to
1: therapy if you mm. if you want it. But I don't think a lot of people know that, actually. Yeah. Well, that's my point, uh, my, my question um, around awareness uh, internally within studios, because I know for a fact within a lot of our studios, not just at the mill, but uh, across industry, is that you have these private medical insurance um, uh, setups, and there are uh, employee assistance phone lines you can call, yeah. there's, there's, there's support available that's free that you can just pick the phone up and... It's not publicised. People don't know it exists. Because when you think around private medical insurance or any form of medical insurance, you think of the physical health. Yeah. And what you talked about earlier, you know, I mean, I did my knee in last year, and that, was the first, that was the first time I ever used uh, my insurer. Um, so I mean, is, this, is there stuff we can be doing better as studios to, to put the word out and say, look, if you are struggling, there is support there? Um, I mean, do, do businesses shy away from even doing that, do you think?
0: I think there's definitely more that can be done. Um, Absolutely, I, d- I think you know not only just in industry but just generally, yeah, yeah. more and more people need to be doing this. But I think certainly from my point of view, is it's going in the right direction. I think Dino yeah. are putting the implementing the right things and mm. and looking into their options. So looking into this mental first aid training, um, we've got things like the EAP program mm. as well. And I have actually tried that, and for me, it didn't work. Yeah, um, what's that? EAP program, um, employee,
1: employee assistance uh-huh. program, yeah. EAP.
0: Yeah. But that's you know that's my personal mm. preference. I didn't like phoning up a stranger and then going how does that make you yeah, feel? Yeah, yeah. but it's that's hard. a really good point <laughs> that, 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 that there
4: are so many different things that you have to try I think yeah. don't ever don't give up is yeah. the first thing and 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 act quickly as soon as you feel like it's something is happening to you yeah. but don't expect things to change that quickly and also don't expect the first thing that you access to be this kind of like um, silver bullet mm. um, and um, yeah that's that's a a huge point to make I think people and you might and you might be so bad that you think oh what's the point in speaking to anyone anyway yeah, that's yeah. the catch-22 it's a vicious vicious thing it's yeah. horrible um so yeah
2: when I was at DNEG actually yeah. I think w- one of the things that we come up with was just putting the poster yeah. for the EAP on the toilet oh, yeah. doors right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and and who knows that who that's made a difference to you know there are obviously a thousand people in that building and yeah. and that's the you get given that leaflet on your first day yeah, yeah. Well, well when <laughs> i asked people about it no one did know that it existed yeah. and i and i do know people that have used it at dneg actually mm. and, it, and it was really successful for them so i guess it's you know it's, it's it works or it doesn't but you're off also offered free counselling through that yes. scheme yeah. as well yeah
1: I mean, do you think there's i mean uh, hopefully isn't too bold a question but do you do you think this is shy away from addressing this you know do, do, we, do you feel that um, studios don't want to admit that there is a problem I mean I think you touched on it earlier Jason you know it is still uh, I think it's
3: just being unaware yeah people just aren't aware of it but when what I will say is that um, we've had these talks at work about mental you know, well, you know, well-being and everything and i I have not attended any myself because it's just my preference not to because I've, you know I've been dealing with my own personal issues but when I've they hold it in a certain area in our cafeteria and you can it's all sort of barred off if you will but I've been surprised at the amount of people that have turned up to these things yeah. there's been loads and it's just like jeez because when, when, when you've got it you feel like you're the only one that's got it in the room mm. but when I saw all these people it's like geez, you know so yeah. I think it I think it's good that these people are starting to come out of the woodwork if you will and it is becoming more there is more awareness of it to companies you know um, and and it was just good to see all those people turn up so hopefully with all those people turning up to these well-being you know meetings the, the company's going to see oh geez, this is a this is a big deal yeah you know so
4: but it's also about your own responsibility as well uh, taking responsibility for your own well-being as, as much as you can uh, you know that's an important point i think mm-hmm. that you have to take it extremely seriously, look after yourself and and try to get support where you can, but it's only gonna come through you. Mm. So
1: it's kind of self care, isn't it? How that, it yeah. yeah. How do you guys what do you guys do to self self care, stay grounded, stay keep saying? I like. jump
4: in a pond <laughs> I jump in a pond on Hampstead Heath. That, that, helps. that helps me. But, um, yeah, I go swimming. I have to, you know, I try to avoid certain things. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm some I'm more successful at certain times at doing it than others. I can become complacent, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, you know, just uh, eating, regu- it's, it's about having regular patterns, I think. You know, yeah. food, um, sleep, a uh, e- bit of exercise, trying to work, seeing people, mm-hmm.
3: you know. I think uh, touching on sleep there is... Uh one of the important things to recovery and I so I use recovery quite loosely uh, because I think recovery is not like you say a silver bullet you know it's not immediate but I think you do need to rest and with visual effects we can look we can work some crazy hours you know Um, but I think and that didn't help me because I, I I'm a stickler for, you know, working long hours if I have to. You know, I'll gladly do it. I don't mind because the job needs doing, but having suffered with this and, you know, watching people around me that still work those hours, you do need to just say no more. That's it. You've got to switch off and you know, just say no more for the day. I used to go home from work after a 15 hour day and switch on the computer and just start again, just do my own stuff. You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't do that That's anymore. I, do, I don't yourself, do that at yeah. all anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I I get home, I you know I eat, you know I just relax and just read a book or watch a bit of TV and the thing that spend I some time with my family. Yeah. Helped
4: me the most over every well lots was uh, I know it's quite fashionable and a bit trendy these days, which I am not ever <laughs> I can never be accused of being either fashionable or trendy. It's uh, m- mindfulness meditation? Yeah. Um, I found that to be the closest thing to a silver bullet actually. And uh, you know, some people might finish their day and go and have a pint, or go home and have a glass of wine to relax. And I know that feeling that people—it's that like a switch off like a transition from you know work to relaxation. And I, when I get into that meditation, that's how it works for me. It's extremely effective, and uh, I would urge anyone, um, even if they had major sort of like uh, doubts about it, to at least give it a go. I think it's an amazing thing and that's something that, they, that work, that, stu- um, that uh, studios and offices and places of work can mm-hmm. off, could offer actually.
2: Yes. Did you learn that on your own or were you? I
4: 12? did it, uh, I started doing it a bit on my own but then uh, as a part of a, a, a long course of therapy that I that I eventually, eventually accessed mm-hmm. after a long time waiting, it was part of it okay. and um, found it extremely useful. Yeah,
0: there are so many apps available now, you know, on your phone, and it's just ten minutes on the tube on your way home or on your way into work, mm. just putting those headphones in yeah. and switching off. That's what I struggle with. My brain, I just can't turn it off. You know, even if it's like, what am I we going to wear tomorrow? What am I going to have for breakfast? It's just like, just stop, <laughs> and it, it that helps. Yeah. Um, I like for me, I it's listening to music just mm. as well, just zoning out. Music really, really loud, whether it's Headphones are just on my own in my room, and that's yeah, I just switch off, and it's great. But then it all comes back. <laughs>
3: <laughs> See, I think for me, I go fishing, okay, I, absolutely. I absolutely love it because yeah. I can go outside, I can you know, mm. set up all the gear, and just sit by a lake and yes. do my thing. That
0: sounds amazing, <laughs> it's fantastic because
3: all you have is trees, okay. and you have yeah. trees. When can you we know, go? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let me know, I'll tell you. <laughs> but seriously. It, I'm on my own, you know. You do have the other, you know, the other fishing guys and stuff around, but it's just heaven, you know. You have trees because I live in the countryside anyway, so I I go from one extreme to the other. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I switch off. I don't even, you know, I take my phone with me, but only for the time, so I know oh, it's, oh, the gates are going to close. I've got to pack up. Right. That, that's it. Yeah. Other, otherwise, you know, I try not to look at any phones or anything mm. because I find there are a hindrance because since we've had like electronic devices are just like given these days to yeah. us you know so people are on Facebook or yeah. you know all these media things and, and stuff like that and I think I don't think that helps because it's like 24-7 and you can't switch off mm. you're not allowed to switch off Yeah. but in my narrative. case I switch off yeah. like, I'm going fishing going goodbye it's the know
1: if you catch anything <laughs> no, even, I don't care <laughs>
3: it's, it's just going and being quiet yeah. Yeah. and being a, Know, being yourself—it's a meditation in itself. Isn't yeah, it? It is, it is exactly. Yeah, is that you could say that? Yeah, yeah. it is indeed, and you know. Anyone who says, oh, I don't like fishing, well, you haven't tried it. Yeah, go, get a rod and go. Anything I think that um, makes you
4: use your brain, cause that thing about, that you said, Harriet, about not ever being able to switch your mind off, that's great, really. That means that you're alive sort of thing, <laughs> which is fantastic, yeah. isn't it? But I suppose it's uh, that washing machine thing that people talk about and things going round and round and round. If you do something like that, go fishing or whatever, you're, you're still using your brain to do stuff. But it just gradually it? cools yeah. down, yeah. And I think it's about cooling your brain down all the time. Living in, Lon- living in London is extremely stressful, isn't it? Working in London, living in London. So do you live it? in London? I live, in, I live yeah. near the Heath, so yeah, I, so I, but I purposely chose to live there because I go swimming in the pond. Yeah, see, yeah, I live as far warm. away from London as <laughs> possible. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I can't
3: stand it. Yeah, yeah. I can't stand being in the sea.
4: It's hard, isn't it? Every oh, day. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I know people say, oh, I hate the commute. And, and then again, this is the thing, isn't it? It's difficult to know... How far your own condition, as it were, um, aff- how much difference it is from someone who just doesn't like getting on the tube. I mean, who does like getting on the tube at
3: rush hour? No, well, I yeah. So yeah. I used to struggle getting on the trains in the morning. I'd lock, go and lock myself in the station toilet f- until three trains passed, yeah. and I'd get on the train yeah. and come <laughs> to work yeah. because of the, the stress of knowing I've got to go to London. Yeah. I love my job. Don't yeah, get me wrong, right. I love it. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't change it for the world but the stress on trying to get into London it's horrible, and yeah. dealing with London as well, it all adds yeah. up. So that's something yeah. I think, so on a practical level maybe with studios, you know,
4: perhaps people who uh, uh, would struggle with something like that and they can offer, you know, maybe you get in slightly later so you miss the worst of it, yeah. uh, you manage your... time.
3: T- some studios are good like that, I yeah. mean,
4: I know Framestore store quite... You know, Stay a bit later, maybe yeah, have some yeah. food at work, yeah. go home later. They, yeah, they all do it, yeah. So things like that, it's management that I find the things that are the most, di- the, the things that help the most is, um, are practical solutions to the problems which exacerbate your con- condition, yeah. for the want of a better word. You know, uh, talking therapies can be useful obviously to people, um, uh, but you don't want to just keep on going over the same thing, and like yeah. you said, ruminating, making the same, just complaining about it all the time, you have to take steps to manage it and control it, you know? Um, and that's that's what I advise people to do.
2: From, sorry. <laughs> sorry, from a management perspective, it's um, learning about mental health so that when someone does come in late to work um, every morning, every second morning, you don't automatically jump to the wrong conclusion, mm-hmm. never bring it up with the person, just... <laughs> head off and, and talk about how you've got someone on your team who's a bit of a slacker these mm. I mean, that's a real, it's a very real issue and, and that mm. is actually something that's in the talk it's like uh, looking around you and, and becoming aware of what may be happening with your yeah. team and, and opening up and being uh, being someone that people can come to to explain a situation like that and then looking for practical ways around that mm. in the workplace
3: see that's where I had that Problem with not going to dailies and the producer pulling me aside over mm. that. You know she wasn't aware of it, so once I'd made her aware, that was it. She, yeah, she said to me, me, "I have a lot of respect for you for telling me that." Yeah, you know, forward, so yeah. as, 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 I think it is imperative to let people know as soon as you are ready to let them know. Yeah, you know, it's, a, it's down to you at the end
4: of it. It's way. an evolution, I think, in think in human relations as well. You know, like we, you know, if I mean I'm, I'm a bit older than. Harriet, <laughs> and, and uh, I, you know, I don't know what generations, like, but it's that old-fashioned Victoria, oh, get up, get on with it, you know, stop bloody moaning, yeah. that's unhelpful and it's extremely backward, and thankfully, we w- we do work in quite a forward-thinking industry with lots of nice people, yeah. which we're lucky, are, lucky for, I think, um, but then generally in society as well, I think it's about just having much more... Uh, emotionally mature conversations and getting that kind of um vocabulary into the into societies and is a great thing people p- understand each other on a on a much deeper level mm-hmm. and are able to um to navigate around problems
1: you know sim- simply, simply so like. on that point um how can we be better colleagues how can we spot the signs in people so we can go hey are you okay? You know, when is it okay to step in and go look? Can I help you? Without well, sounding hugely
3: patronising. I don't think it's so easy balance. to spot it. No. To be fair, because I can go around with a smile on my face all day, and you wouldn't right. know. Not that, that I look sounds. like a smiley person, yeah, yeah. but it's I've I've been known as the guy that cracks the jokes in the department. Yeah. But you wouldn't know what was going on underneath because I'm not going to tell okay. you if I don't mm. feel the need to. Mm. You know, it's it, at the end of the day, it is my business, but. There is a part of you that screams i need to tell you this so you just know yeah you, know, yeah, you, yeah. you do have that yeah yeah it's like a jekyll and hyde almost mm, yeah absolutely
0: i find that on some of my worst days i overcompensate and i yeah. turn on and i'm like bouncing off the walls uh-huh. and i'm louder than i normally am and i'm annoying myself because i know that it's fake yeah. um I mean, you know, my colleagues, they do, because of the character that I am and similar. you know, telling jokes and being a bit bantery in, in the workplace and stuff, but I think they don't see it when it's that, they see it when I'm really quiet. And because that's very out of character for me, you know, it, it's just maybe uh, you go make a cup of tea in the kitchen and they just they just come along just to ask you that question. But it's about knowing your the people that you're working with. And I think if... If you are not in a position where you feel comfortable to do that, then it's very hard to pe- for people to know what you're like and maybe what is an off day and what isn't an off day. But yeah, I you know I don't think anyone would notice the fact that sometimes when I'm OTT, that actually that's when I'm feeling
2: yeah. really bad. Mm-hmm.
0: But I just it's how I deal with it. And actually, when you know when I'm on my own. I'm quiet, and I don't want to. T- I don't want to be around these people, so I just make more of an effort to seem like it's okay. okay.
1: Yeah one more question because I'm aware we're up against time um, Isabel you mentioned um, I've actually got loads of questions <laughs> but I think we're going to have to do a, a sequel uh, to this podcast episode but uh, Isabel you mentioned that you do talks at universities mm. um, and obviously this is the Access VFX podcast and our thing is we get out to schools and colleges and unis and we, we, we talk about the incredible work we do and how you could work in this amazing industry should we be doing more stuff with education around this subject do you think
2: yeah so I've taken this talk and uh, I was asked to turn it into a talk for upcoming graduates at the Arts University, Bournemouth. Um, and I think that that was a really great talk in that so many students contacted me afterwards on a huge have have range. <laughs> <of> <laughs> yeah, but you know, I send them quickly away somewhere yeah. else. <laughs> but uh, I... I, I, sometimes it's things like um, someone came forward and said that, you know, they had a very sick mother and, and should they bring that up in an interview, it's anxieties and, and just questions that they're, they they might fear um, is going to impact their entire career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And someone speaking up about it before they even begin, it's, it, I think it's incredibly helpful. Yeah. So the talk looks at the transition from univers- uh, from university into the workplace the kind of opportunities that might be available to them, what that lifestyle might look like, the things that they will struggle with, what it will look like when they're out of work, um, <coughs> how we all go through that and the sort of things that we might do to tackle that. So self-care is is in there. Also things like maybe switching off social media and not looking at all your friends' yeah, Instagram posts. Yeah. <laughs> um you know, so all sorts of practical things about the, your work itself and then how to, to take care of yourself um, mm. in general and, and an understanding of this is normal, but um, there will be many, many struggles when you join this industry, but it's also a very supportive industry in many ways with lots of great people. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd love to spread that out, you know as far and wide as we can across uh, different educational yeah. establishments we'll have a this, sure. great <laughs> yeah
4: we have um, obviously escaped teachers and you know um the struggles there's lots of pressure on young people these days uh, you know one thing that's funny like and just picking up on something you said then when people s- used to say you know look after yourself you know it's a throwaway phrase isn't it okay. oh look sure. after yourself mm-hmm. mate look after yourself i think only really realized what that meant a few years ago mm-hmm. <laughs> look after yourself um, and it's quite, in a sense, it's quite sad because it's a sense of like you have to look after yourself. You're on your own, in a sense, yeah. in 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 to to do most of the looking after and, and re- retaining this body and mind together type of thing. But there's lots of people that will help you to do that as well. Um, and so, with young people, I would want them to look after themselves, to know and to know how to look after themselves. Yeah. Um, properly, mm. and that's what we, I want to encourage our students as much as I can to be. You know, you do have to be quite robust in life, generally, don't you? Yeah. 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 One has to, as tough as it is yeah. sometimes. You have to do what's best
3: for you, but you have to look after. You yeah. yeah, you really have to. It sounds a real cliche. Yeah, and if that
4: means to. not going to a daily session, yeah. or it means, you know, not coming in at a certain time, or or phoning up and saying to someone, I'm really sorry, I can't do this today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fine, isn't it? You know.
0: Yeah, you get one life, but jobs. Yeah, come and go. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> so, my final—I was lying. Earlier. This is my final question. Is um, there are going to be um, numerous listeners listen to this episode who are suffering in silence, whether they work in our industry or not? So, kind of final words from 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 our guests. You know, what advice would you give our listeners who are out there suffering in silence?
3: Don't don't suffer in silence. Ooh. It is difficult, but. If you if you can come forward and if you know any of us sitting here today yeah, you come and talk to us.
4: that's the first start you know and um, talk to someone yeah yeah and don't give up you know you yeah.
0: know if, if it's in an if it's industry go and talk to line manager or hr or just the person that you're more comfortable talking to in the workplace or if you know students university there's there is that support there as well but i totally agree you know if you do know any of us Get in touch. Yeah, word, yeah. 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 Access VFX is massive, you know, and we're all advocates for yeah. for this cause. So whether it's us four sitting here or the wider, wider group, then absolutely. Yeah.
4: And also I would say things can can improve they do. a lot. Yeah. And you can have a good life. You know? It's not about being deliriously happy every day because that's Nobody that's not there. right, you know. <laughs> but you can have a very you can change, you can get treatment you can get you can have a good life
0: yeah even when you don't feel like there's light at end, the end of the tunnel there is eventually absolutely
1: cool. there's your there's your goosebump moment there <laughs> um Andy thank you Isabel thank you Jason thank you Harriet thank you, thank you, um, thank you. brilliant yeah thanks for having us yeah. thanks for your time guys yeah. <laughs> There we go. End of another Access VFX podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. To find out more about what we discussed, our mentoring programme and events we're at, then head over to our website at www.accessvfx.org and follow us on social media. Big thank you for listening and until next time,
2: bye.